In Pirkei Avis, Ethics of Our Fathers, Chapter 5, Mishnah number 13. It says, Arba Midois Binoisne There are four types among those who give charity. The first one is he wishes to give himself, but that others should not give. Says the ethics of our fathers, he begrudges others. The second type is he wants others to give, but he himself should not give. He begrudges himself. And then there's one that he wants to give, and he wants others to give too. Chassid, this is a chassid, this is one who is pious. And then there's one who says that he should not give, nor should others give either. And that person is called a Russia, he is wicked. To understand each one of these different concepts and givers in the Mishnah. First and foremost, we start with the first one, and that is And that is one who wishes to give himself tzedakah, but he does not want others to give. What is the logic behind it? Why is it that he would want to give himself, but he would want others not to give. So there are two ways of looking at it. Number one is, being that he knows the power of charity, that by giving charity, that is the way one becomes rich, because by giving tzedakah, God gives you back many times more. He doesn't want others to be rich. He wants to be the only rich one. And therefore, he wants to give tzedakah, but does not want others to give tzedakah together with him. The other approach is that he wants to give tzedakah, but does not want others to give, because he simply is concerned and has pity upon other people. He says like this, I am very rich, I should give tzedakah. But the other people are not so wealthy, and therefore, don't give away your money. Either way, says the Mishnah, this is a wrong approach. And he begrudges others because other people, by giving tzedakah, number one, would become wealthy, and number two, they will fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah. What is the second approach? The second giver is yitnu achedim. Others should give, but he himself, he does not want to give. What are we dealing with over here? Perhaps we can say the Rebbe once spoke out of Abrengen. And he was talking about the mitzvah or the obligation to print svarim and that people in the community should give money to be able to print these sifrei chasidis. And then he went on to say that those people who donate to the publication, we should put their name in and therefore when people will learn the safer and see who donated, you will have in mind those people and bless them. However, said the Rebbe, there are wealthy people who say, I don't want to give because the highest level or one of the highest levels is to give in a way that nobody knows. And because I don't want people to know, I'm not going to give money to this safer. This is called Matam Besaysir, it's called Haritz Abilim Shemoy. 
But the point is that I don't want people to know that I'm giving tzedakah because I want to give it anonymously. Said the Rebbe, you're making a big mistake. If you don't give, others won't give either. Because they will say, look, this wealthy man who lives in our community, he should be the first one to give. If he's not giving, perhaps it's not that important. So I won't give either. And therefore, says the Mishnah, Yitnu, you should give, and also you should make sure others give. The Rebbe went on to say that if a person says others should give for this book, but I'm not going to give because I want to be anonymous, said the Rebbe, look, you have to give anyway. Because by giving, others will also give. I, you want to give anonymously? Give anonymously to another tzedakah. There are many charities out there. And uh, unfortunately, it does not lack poverty amongst the Jewish people or organizations. And therefore, you can give another organization in a way that is anonymous. But in your community, to the safer that they are printing, you have to be the first to give. And then we have Yitain Vyitnu Achedim. That you give and others give. This is a chassid. A chassid says it's not enough that I give and I fulfill the mitzvah. But I'm happy that other people should also participate in the mitzvah. And furthermore, he encourages others to give. And then you have the opposite, the fourth type. He says, I don't want to give, and others should not give either. Says the Mishnah, this is a Russia, this is a wicked person. So the Rebbe asks a very basic question. And he says, if we have in the Mishnah a Russia." a wicked person who says, I don't want to give, and, and others should not give either, then how can the Mishnah say, there are four types among those who give charity. On the contrary, we only have three types, not four types. So the Rebbe goes on to explain that in truth, from here we see that every Jew wants to give tzedakah. Every Jew wants to do the right thing. As the Rambam tells us, that in truth, every Jew wants to fulfill all 613 mitzvahs of the Torah. It's sometimes, however, the Yitzhahara, Yitzrei Tekvay, the Yitzhahara becomes too strong and coerces the person not to do the mitzvah. But really, the true Jew wants to do the real thing. And therefore, the Mishnah, who is describing the essence of every person, says there are four types of givers. Because even the Russia, even the wicked person also truly wants to give. For some reason, externally, he's not doing it. And this explains another interesting detail here in the Mishnah. And that is that right after the Chassid, we talk about the Russia. Comes the question to mind, why do you want to put the Chassid next to the Russia? We have a similar question at the Pesach Seder. Why do you put the Russia near the Chacham? We should put the Chacham at the head of the table and the Rasha on the other side of the table. And similarly here in the Mishnah, we should put the Chassid, the first one of the four givers, and the Rasha, the last one of the four givers. Why do we put the Chassid and the Rasha right next to each other? And here too, the answer is that the job of the Chassid is to inspire the Rasha. Because the Rasha, in essence, wants to give. 
And therefore, for some reason, he's not giving. Comes along the chassid and sits down next to the rush and says, look, you got to give also. It's going to be good for you. You're going to give, you're going to become rich. You're going to give, you're going to bring about the geula, the redemption. And therefore, the chassid inspires the rasha to give tzedakah as well. That is why the chassid is put right next to the rasha. In reverse, the chassid is put next to the rasha to tell the chassid as follows. That if last year you gave $100, and this year you decide not to give that institution $100, you too are a rasha. Because every year you have to go higher and higher. A Jew every day gets smarter and therefore more committed. And especially every year you get a year older and you get a year smarter, you have to become a year more observant. And what you gave last year is not enough for this year. So therefore the Mishnah tells us right away, even though now you're a chassid or last year you're a chassid, but if you're not doing the same thing this year as you did last year, then you're no longer a chassid. You now become demoted to the Russia. And it's very easy, one moment to be a chassid, the next moment to become a Russia. You don't have to go down an entirely slippery slope till you become a Russia. But in one moment, in one action, a person can, God forbid, be transformed from the chassid to the Russia. And therefore reminds the chassid, one who is pious and wants to be pious, that not only he should give, but encourage others to give. And he too should continue to give more and more all the time. So this is the basic understanding of these four types of givers. Now to explain some more details in the Mishnah. And that is that the Mishnah is number Yud Gimel, Mishnah number 13. Why is it 13? Perhaps we can say, Al-Derech is as a hint that the number 13 is the gematria of what? Is the gematria of the word Echad. Echad is one. And here the Mishnah is hinting to the fact that the ultimate way of giving tzedakah, as the Rambam says, is that the giver and the receiver become one. How does that happen? By the fact that the giver gives a job to the receiver. To give tzedakah, every time you give tzedakah to the poor man, he feels uncomfortable. But if you give the poor man a job, and you make him a partner with you, you give him opportunity, he no longer feels embarrassed, and he's able to get back his self-esteem. This is the greatest level of tzedakah. So therefore, Yud Gimel is the Mishnah that discusses the different types of givers, to imply that the ultimate level of giving is that you and the poor man become one. Furthermore, the rich man needs to realize that he's not doing the poor man a favor. As the Gemara says, more than the rich man does for the poor man, the poor man does for the rich man. By the fact that the poor man receives the tzedakah from the rich man, the rich man gets back many blessings. Number one, blessings for wealth. And number two, blessings for health. And number three, blessings for Nachas from his children and her children. And therefore, more than you do for the poor man by giving him a few dollars, the poor man is doing for you. And therefore, you become one with the poor man. You become one with the organization. You become one with the institution that you give the tzedakah to. Not that you walk into the synagogue or the yeshiva that you have your name on the wall. Say, aha, look how smart I am. 
look how rich I am. The whole place was built just because of me. But on the contrary, to say, look how lucky I am that they gave me the opportunity to participate in this mitzvah. And that is the idea of number 13. Furthermore, what is the gematria of the word tzedakah? Tzedakah, our rabbis tell us, is the gematria 199. Tzaddik is 90, and Dalit is 4, and Kuf is 100, and He is 5. Animal together is 199. What's the idea of 199? The Gemara tells us that when are you obligated to give a poor man two meals to eat? When are you obligated to give a poor man tzedakah? When the poor man has less than a hundred, rather less than two hundred zoos. In other words, when he has one ninety-nine zoos, he has a right to go collect tzedakah. So therefore the word tzedakah itself tells us that when do you give tzedakah? When someone has only tzedakah, only one ninety-nine. But if he has more than that, you do not have to give him tzedakah. In truth, this is on the basic level. But if there was a rich man who was wealthy and now he became poor, so the mitzvah of tzedakah is not only to give him two meals, but the mitzvah of tzedakah is to establish him to the way he was before. As the Gemara says in Ksubis, that if he had the horses running before him, and now he cannot afford to do that anymore, we should continue to support him and help him to reach that level once again, that he has these horses running before him. Because, in general, if two people come before you, a rich man and a poor man, in other words, a rich man that became poor, or a poor man that was always poor, who are you obligated to give to first? So the Rambam tells us, you are obligated to give first to the rich man that became poor. Why? Because being that he was rich and now he is poor, his embarrassment and his pain is much greater. And therefore he is eligible for tzedakah first. Similarly, if a man or a woman come to you at the same time for tzedakah, you're supposed to give the woman first, before the man, women first, ladies first. And here too it's the same concept that it's more embarrassing for a woman to have to ask for tzedakah than a man, and therefore you have to relieve her from her embarrassment and from her pain and give her tzedakah first. What is the idea of tzedakah according to Kabbalah? The idea of tzedakah according to Kabbalah is that that Rizal tells us tzedakah is tzedek hay. And that is to turn the dalit into the hay. What does that mean? So the first three letters of tzedakah, tzaddik, dalit, and kuf, are united back to back. The yud of the back of the tzaddik does not face the tzaddik, but rather is to the right, and the nun of the tzaddik is to the left. So the faces of the tzaddik do not face each other, but rather face away from each other. It's back to back. Similarly, the dalid has a yud on it, but the yud is behind the dalid. Furthermore, dalid represents the concept of dal, which is poverty. Why is the letter Dali represent poverty? Because the Dalit only has two lines. It has the line above, the horizontal line, and the second line, which is vertical. The horizontal line represents the concept of intellect. 
which has to it depth. And then you have the vertical line, which comes down, alluding to speech, to speak to others. However, you think a lot and you talk a lot, but you do nothing, that's called a poor person. Because it's all about action. The main thing is action. So therefore, in essence, the letter Dalit represents poverty. And then you have the letter Kuf. Because here too, the left line of the Kuf goes beneath the baseline, implying the ability of having Yenikas Chutzenim, that the powers of impurity can draw energy from holiness. And therefore we say that the objective is to transform Tzedakah Tzedek, hey, to transform the Dalit into the hey, to transform a unity that's back-to-back into a unity that's face-to-face, which is the letter hey. That the Yud and the letter hey is meeting the face of the hey. In other words, when you give Tzedakah, the poor man should look at the... The rich man should look the poor man in the face and smile at him and thank him for coming and bless him and give him encouragement and strength to move on. That is the idea of tzedakah to transform the tzaddik and the dalid into the hay. What is the idea of tzedakah according to chassidus? So we know that the Gemara tells us that Tzedakah Mekareves es Tzedakah brings about the redemption. The Altareb in Tanya, which is the written law of Chassidus, explains that Tzedakah is considered to be the greatest mitzvah. Why? Because all other mitzvahs generally we do with one limb. You daven with your mouth, you learn Torah with your mind. You eat kosher with your mouth. You go to shul with your feet. But tzedakah is a mitzvah that you do with your entire body. What does that mean? Because a person to acquire this money needed to work very hard. He had to think and speak and run and put his entire body and essence into working to make the money. Sometimes he had to cry and sometimes he, he, he bled and sometimes he was full of uh, emotion and he sweat. So you're putting every ounce of your essence into this money. And now you take 10%, you take 20% of this money and you give it away to tzedakah. So, so in reality, what you're doing is you're taking your entire essence and you're putting your entire essence into that coin. And therefore, you are doing a mitzvah with your entire body. And by doing so, you bring about the ge'ula. Because the ge'ula means that you have true freedom. Ge'ula means that you are taking all the sparks from all the energies and the limbs of your body and you are dedicating it to God. And this is the mitzvah of tzedakah and the power of tzedakah. And through giving tzedakah, one brings about the ultimate ge'ula, the ultimate redemption when all the sparks that are found in the world, are elevated to God, and we realize that everything in the world was created for God's glory. Which brings us to the following story, that there was a gavir, a rich man, who once came to the Rebbe at the Machli Yisrael Fund, and he told the Rebbe that he has a fund for charity, and he puts X amount of money into that fund. 
So he told the Rebbe that the fund ran out of money. In other words, he used up all the money for this year in the fund. However, the institutions in his community are still short from their budget, and they still need more money. Should he give more than already he put into the fund? And the Rebbe responded, yes, you should give more than you already gave to your fund. Then the rich man asked the Rebbe, what should I do to bring about Mashiach? How can I be part of this new revolution to transform the world into Geula, into redemption? And the Rebbe said to him as follows, you yourself should give 20% of your earnings to charity. And number two, you should influence your colleagues and business partners and business associates that they too should give 20% of their earnings to Sudaka. That's what the Rebbe said you should do in order to participate in the ultimate coming of Mashiach. And then the Rebbe said, if not 20%, at least 10%. In other words, the ultimate goal is to give 20%. But if you're dealing with a colleague who doesn't even give 1%, first try to encourage him to give 10%, and then eventually continue to encourage him to give 20%. And that is the meaning of a chassid, as we said earlier, that not only you give yourself tzedakah, but also you want others to give tzedakah, and therefore you encourage others to give tzedakah, and you teach others the beauty of giving tzedakah. So we hope and pray that merely by talking about giving tzedakah, this will inspire many more people to continue to give tzedakah and to increase in their charity, and this will bring about the ultimate geula, the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.